Welcome to the Collier Democratic Roundup, the official podcast of the Collier County Democratic Party. My name is Jeff Spencer, and I'm the vice chair of the Collier Democratic Party and the host of this podcast. Thank you guys for clicking on. Guys, one day left. Tomorrow is election day. Um, We've gotten through here in Collier. Vote by mail has been coming in. We've gotten through early vote finished up on Saturday. And uh, we're making the rounds. How are you guys feeling about this? I am. It, it's a an equal mix of optimism and trepidation. I feel like things are going the way that we want them to go. I'm still shocked that people are willing to vote for Trump, but that's neither here nor there. Overall, Everything is really, everything is looking good. Everything's looking good. I'm taking that because at this stage, if things went wrong on Wednesday, I don't think I'm going to be able to feel any worse. So I might as well feel good now because uh, I'm just going to ride that. Linda? Mm-hmm. So I feel that uh, my emotions are running the gamut between one day being uber positive about what I'm seeing, what I'm reading, then another day feeling super down. Generally, that, that happens when I pop onto Twitter because Twitter is kind of a hellscape. Let's be real. But I think overall, I think all, all three of us are, are positive. And we like to feel that, that America will kind of wake up to what is happening in the Oval Office at this moment in time. And also, I was thinking to myself that Yes, the Electoral College kind of screwed us in 2016, but he did not win the popular vote, you know? And so truly, legitimately, America did not vote for this man. So I have to remind myself of this as we move forward and as we head toward Election Day. So overall, you know, I think I'm oscillating between feeling like we've done enough and feeling like maybe we haven't quite done enough. I think we've done a lot more than 2016, You know, um, I think the coalition that the Democrats have built, you know, is is a machine that's that's moving forward. You know, it's kind of got its own momentum here at this moment in time. So I, you know, I I tend to feel good about that. I think I want to take a moment to and say that you, Jeff and Anissa, have just gone above and beyond with the things that you have done. And you guys have worked so hard and you should be incredibly proud of the coalition that you have built here in Collier County with the Collier County Democratic Party. You know, it brings me to tears just at how (laughs) I do. I'm, I'm amazed by you, Jeff. I'm amazed by you and Anissa and the hard work that you've done. And I'm just so proud to have had, uh, you know, just a little piece of, of that in my life. So I appreciate it. I, you know, I'm actually, I'm, uh, cautiously optimistic. Uh, I think every Democrat is cautiously optimistic after 2016. You can't be anything but cautious. But the numbers that we're seeing across the country, states have already exceeded their 2016 vote totals. I think Texas has already exceeded their entire mm-hmm. 26 total uh, votes, and uh, and they still have election day. Hawaii, the same thing. Here in Florida, uh, we're a very hotly contested state, so we have not passed that. But eight million seven hundred thousand ballots have already been cast. 
uh, in this election uh, with uh, Election Day coming. Democrats have returned about 95,000 more ballots than Republicans going into Election Day. So there's about 100,000 ballot advantage there. We don't know how they voted, but we just know that about 100,000 more Democrats have voted than Republicans at this stage. So that's a that's a positive sign. But again, the. the yeah, because that doesn't even count non-party affiliated and how many, which is a substantial number. Yeah, it's 21% at this point, 1.8 million people who have no party affiliation have voted. So uh, we're in a position that we want to be in. We've just got to, we got to bring it home. Um, We're not done. Tomorrow is, is election day. Polls are up in 7am to 7pm and uh, we need to get all of those votes, uh, last votes to come out here in Collier County. Uh, we're doing as well as we can right now. We have 81% turnout of the Democratic constituency. So uh, we have 56,400 Democrats here in Collier County. 45,580 have already voted with Election Day coming up. So with a strong Election Day, which we're planning to have, I think we will probably crest 90% turnout of Democrats, which is everything we could hope for. It's everything we can really ask for in terms of turnout. So uh, a big, big shout out to all of the volunteers and everybody who's done everything uh, this election cycle. It's it's really paid off uh, so far, and uh, we just need to keep pushing tomorrow and get every single last vote we can, you know, and then sit back and, and see where everything falls. But here in Collier, we've done absolutely everything we can do. Uh, to get every single vote out that we can. So I, I think we're in a good position. I also wanted to mention the article. This is now probably a week old, um, but after early voting started and people um, they started getting some of the numbers in from early voting and, of course, vote by mail, which had been coming in since September, Florida politics specifically called out Collier County as doing the best job in the entire state of Florida of getting Democratic voters out. So, again, that that could not happen without all the work that Jeff and Nisa have done and the volunteers, um, but especially you guys. So that's really something to be proud of in this you know, red county that we are performing better in the, than the entire state. Yeah, and Fam- people need to remember... People need to remember, those of us listening, um, you know, that we're not going to win Collier County. Uh, it, it's it's an extremely red county. But, you know, as I've explained to a, a number of volunteers, we are the defense of the Democratic Party here in Collier County. Uh, Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County, Orange County, those big counties have a ton of Democrats. They're our offense. They're the ones running up the score. And Lee County and Collier County are typically the Republican uh, offensive counties where they're trying to run up the score. And it's our job as a Democratic Party to get every single Democrat out and minimize those margins in these counties so that they don't have these huge margins on Election Day. And so far, we've been able to do that and, and maximize our turnout. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where, where everything falls. And I think we're in a, in a good position. How do you guys think, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've had a, a podcast. Obviously, we've been very busy with uh, early vote, um, and we haven't been able to hop on for a podcast. What What do you guys feel about the how the campaign has has 
unfolded since uh, I guess the vice presidential debate was the last one we had time we had a, a podcast. Yeah. So lots have happened, but how'd you guys feel that went over the last couple of weeks? Linda, what do you think? Well, I feel like that they've stayed true to themselves <laughs> and the way that their campaigns have unfolded during this election cycle. Um, I think though that President Trump's campaign is vibrating at a fever pitch. No matter what he says, I feel that he's internalizing the rhetoric and the polling numbers that the media is throwing out there. You know, and so when we see President Trump uh, holding his super spreader rallies and we see the fever pitch of what, uh, you know, his base is doing, I think you guys read in the news the other day that uh, uh, a Trump caravan surrounded a Biden bus and I mean, almost ran it off the road. You know, those those are the actions of, I think, a pretty maniacal base that he keeps on stirring. And I feel sometimes that that is because we see that and that is not the way Biden is conducting these last few days and on his um, election you know, trail that we could potentially feel a little dejected. I feel he is trying to, you know make everyone understand that he does take this virus seriously. So his, his, um, his rallies have been respectful of that. Anything that he's doing has been respectful of that. So I think when you mirror those two things, it can seem that Trump has potentially has a leg up here, but, um, I think they're both working super hard and Trump has just gone off the rails in the past few weeks with his rhetoric as well. I mean, oh, and also the New York Times is just fact-checking every single one of his rallies. And within 10 minutes, he's got 200 inaccuracies or flat-out lies. I mean, he's just letting this, he's honestly letting the shit fly and see where it sticks. It's, it's pretty disheartening. That's all, that's all that he has at this point. When he is down, I mean, he's, he is a clear underdog at the moment. There's hardly anything that he can do, especially when you are an incumbent. And it's easy for him to get away with this in 2016 because people didn't know what he was going to do. They had hopes that, yeah, they like maybe they liked some of his, you know, that he said what he felt and they liked that a little bit. But they figured, okay, you know, he knows what he's doing. He runs multi-million dollar businesses like you know, he's going to obviously get this under control. That stuff isn't flying anymore because people have seen just the complete travesty that he has placed on this country, especially in regards to the coronavirus. And I honestly think that every rally that he has, the images that come out of that, that are blasted across the country are doing more to hurt his campaign than with the crowds that are coming out to see him who are going to vote for him anyway. So I think all these rallies that he's doing is, is a negative for him. You know, we had the 60 minutes interview last week where he just was a complete baby as he always is. If he's confronted with anything negative against himself, if somebody's not fawning over him, you know, he can't handle it. But I think just the, the fact that he just keeps making decisions that do not benefit him over and over and over again. The fact that like he released the footage, which made him look even worse. And then when 
60 Minutes released their actual piece. There's nothing there that helps him. So I honestly think he has done nothing to help himself. I don't know what more he could do to hurt himself. I think the people that are going to vote for him are going to vote for him, and they're supportive of him. So, Yeah, I I didn't think he could do anything else until I think it was yesterday or the day before he started this whole line that the doctors are... Oh, God. ...are... Get Benef- paid yeah. more money yeah. to be if for COVID that cases, so they're horrible. they're basically inflating the numbers so that they can get paid more. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have that on my electoral bingo card where President Trump was going to accuse doctors risking their lives to save COVID patients uh, as being you for know, financial gain. Sure, yeah, are going to be mercenaries out there to to mm-hmm. you know for a buck. And in the midst of all of this, after him and his staff, and then following in this last week, a number of people in Mike Pence's staff uh, contracting coronavirus, the numbers across the nation are continuing to rise at alarming rates in these last few weeks. So Record rates. Record, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that we've never broken since this entire thing has started. We're getting more cases um, so, you know, I mean, well, to, wh- and said, to which he says we're rounding the corner. I mean, yeah, it's, the tone, it's almost gone. The tone deafness of that statement is amazing. Yeah. And all of that being said, we just, you know, we need to reiterate that given all of this and all of what feels like, well, self evidence of, of his unfitness for office and the reason why he shouldn't be reelected we at the Democratic Party have to assume that it isn't crazy stuff and that people don't see it as crazy and they see it as legitimate campaigning and we have to fight to the end. And so that's what we're doing. Uh, we're talking about the realities of the situation, which is Biden's in a in a good position. Uh, but that is not the same as us saying we've got it. I don't know that we have it. Florida is going to be extremely close. Uh, it is always close. And um, we've got to fight for every single vote that we can get. We're making phone calls today and tomorrow. And so if, you, if, if you're anxious, don't sit in front of a computer and just refresh the screen every five times looking for uh, doom scrolling, as they say. Don't be looking for the latest thing. Just do something productive. Uh, go to our website, sign up, make a handful of phone calls. Uh, it's going to help. You may get one or two extra votes to come in. And one or two extra votes in every single county may make the difference in this election. So please, you got one day left to do something and, and you will feel better about it watching on tomorrow night, watching the returns come in if you, if you, if you signed up and did something. So please uh, do that. I just want to add to that, that also anybody that you know, because I think a lot of this, it, nobody likes getting phone calls. Nobody likes making the phone calls and nobody likes getting them. So we understand that people sometimes that task is a little daunting to people, but you can do so much by making sure you're all of your friends, your family, people close to you, your coworkers, Reach out to the people, if you haven't already, who maybe are disinterested voters, who maybe are on the fence, who maybe are, you know, uh, any young people you know in your life. Like you, surprisingly, it can make a huge difference if somebody personally speaks to the people that they know. So that is always something that you can do as well. Absolutely. Pivoting a little bit, I wanted to ask you guys, 
I, look, in the time we've been away, the man, the myth, the legend, he came back on the campaign trail. Obama is out oh. running around the country. I'm feeling all uh, the feels, Jeff. Saying and he is, he is letting Trump have it like he has never let Trump have it before. I mean, he is laying the wood, as they say. Uh, and, <laughs> the best. Do you remember and, on a podcast like a couple months ago, I was like, why hasn't he freaking let it all out? And now here he is. He is letting it all hang out. <laughs> it he is, is the not, best. you know, everyone, uh, you know, commented on how respectful and how, how polite Obama was in the 2016 election and how he wouldn't even mention Trump's name. Uh, uh, that, that Obama uh, is not out on the campaign trail right now. He is giving everybody uh, his true feelings on, on Donald Trump and his handling of basically everything. And it's uh, as a, as a proud Democrat, it is a joy to watch him speak on it. I'm curious how much, how much, especially, you know, I mean, this, this is unprecedented. Can we use that word more this year? That should be the, the word of the year, but the amount of news that is just constantly overflowing every day. Um, But I worry that maybe he's not getting as much coverage or as much play in these last few weeks. Um, I'm not sure what you guys feel about that. I've seen it a little bit. But I wish that maybe there was, uh, it was a little bit more, again, it's so hard to put that out there when there's so many other crazy things that have to be covered. No, Um, I've seen That's my only regret is that I wish it was, maybe if it had been out a few weeks earlier, it could have spread a little farther, but. Yeah, but our news cycle is so quick. It's literally like a 24-hour news cycle. I think if, even if he came out five weeks ago, he wouldn't have made the impact that he's making now. I mean, he and, and I, I see it, uh, you know, that he was lead stories in Tampa Tribune, Miami Herald. Uh, I mean, he is out there. His sound bites are getting the coverage that I think they need to get. So I, I, I kind of maybe respectfully disagree. I think, I think he came at the right time and to stay fresh and the voters' minds as they're, you know, heading into the polls. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I feel like, which kind of like you said, we talked about a few months ago, like why it wouldn't be good yeah. to do it over the summer versus doing it later yeah. on. So I agree with that. I just, I guess maybe it's, and maybe it's just been my uh, exposure is that I haven't seen it as much as I wanted to. Like, I felt like I had to kind of seek it out more. But again, I'm not necessarily looking yeah. at traditional, you know, things that everybody else so it's hard because uh, obama it's out there though that's the he's not the i feel it is that's the issue in my mind is he's not the candidate the news is always going to lead with the candidate which is going to be biden and so uh you know yes obama is the most popular politician in the country obviously he is the heart and soul of the democratic party but he's not the candidate and so his stuff is only going to penetrate so much, you know, in the communities that he's visited, he may not make it onto the, the news cycle every single time, but the people who get to come out and see him, the activists that get to see him and hear him, that has a motivating effect that gets uh, people to go out to the polls, gets people to volunteer, gets people to do extra shifts. It, it, it all helps. And um, it's just, a, God, I, you know, it's just, it's just good to see him out there yeah. uh, arguing on behalf of the Democratic Party again because he's obviously the most effective communicator the Democratic Party has for democratic policies, de- democratic agenda, um, 
You know, and I think it's also a very good thing for Joe Biden to have him out there because they're trying to cement the Obama Biden administration. Yeah. And they have all of such that a they connection. Yeah. And so it is it, it's a natural. It's different than when Bill Clinton back Correct. in uh, with Obama would come out. There wasn't any real connection. But with Biden and Obama, it's hey, remember, it was back in 2015. It was pretty good back then, uh, you know, and Biden was a large part of that. So let's. Let's uh, get the band back together and let's go let's go get this uh, thing moving. So um, I'm just happy to see him back out there. It's pretty groovy. Jeff, do you want to speak to the fact that you actually went to one of his drive up rallies? Yeah, we went. We, we, yeah, I mean, we went over. Uh, he was in Miami. Uh, we drove over there. Got to say, the Biden campaign does a fantastic job. Uh, Covid centric to really make sure that everyone's following CDC guidelines, making sure that everybody's safe, uh, making sure everyone's socially distanced, wearing a mask. Uh, they did a fantastic job with that. It's a drive-in rally. Everyone had to stay by their cars. Um, they really enforced it. People were walking around making sure that you didn't do it. So, it, you know, from a purely fan perspective, you know, we didn't get to get very close to Obama, but he was there. That man can make an entrance. Like nobody's business, he's still the, again the most popular politician out there, and like I said, he 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 went after Trump the way we all want him to go after Trump. Um, and honestly, from a purely political perspective, it's a it's the right move. Um, Joe Biden, his opening argument and his closing argument have been the exact same thing, which is we are fighting for the soul of this country, and we want competent leadership to handle the COVID pandemic. Uh, you don't get that. And when you're trying to unite the country, you don't want your candidate going out there mocking or going after his opponent because it doesn't really lead to unity. It doesn't lead to a feeling of, hey, let's bring everyone together. And so Biden's out there making the pitch uh, that we need to do these things and we're going to take everything serious. And Obama gets to go out there and say, no, I'm going to call out everything I see. And Obama's not on the ballot, so I, I think it's it's um it's just great to see the the, the rally was great. Um, you know, he did a great job. Uh, lots of people there, lots of people super excited. So, you know, it was good. It really stinks because they have to limit the number of people that go because of COVID. So, yeah. um, it's very hard. It's also very tough on the Secret Service uh, because normally you can just take people through a metal detector, and you're pretty confident that you've you've got everything secure. Now with these drive-in rallies, you have to bring whole cars in. And so it takes a long time for the secret service to go through and check all the cars. Search your car. Oh my gosh. You have to get out. You have to, that's another wrinkle. I, it didn't even occur to me. Yeah. You don't even imagine. It took took us two and a half, three hours to get through the line. Wow. Wow. Secret service. I mean, it was, it was a, it's a pain. So again, that's why I say to the Biden campaign, I mean, it's, it's really easy to do what Donald Trump's doing. Absolutely. Dangerous. It's really bad for the country. It's really bad for the communities. There was a Stanford study that just came out. Thank you for mentioning that. I'm glad that you're doing that because the Stanford study came out and estimated that looking at 18 rallies that Trump held between, I think June and September, mid September, that they can directly trace 30,000 cases of coronavirus and at least 700 deaths from those rallies. And so, and so, but when you look at these things, well, 
You look at, I mean, Trump's rallies, not only are you uh, potentially going to get coronavirus, but you may also be standing in the middle of freezing Stranded. cold Stranded <laughs> for, in, the middle of nowhere. in the middle of the night for hours and you're, you know, elderly and whatnot. So, I mean, again, I he, just gotta he's say. Doing, he keeps doing these rallies and I don't, they're completely like... Uh, super spreader events and you see this stuff on tv and you're like what and then you have these there's been more than one now there was another one this week in michigan where people were i don't think it was quite as bad as that first one but i'm like just yeah if you're a trump voter how how, and you want to say who is the guy that i trust to take care of me and it's like you go to a rally and they didn't even take the time to figure out how are we going to move these people out of here when it's freezing cold. No, he's like, I did the rally. Thanks for screaming for me. And now I'm on my way. And good luck, guys. Hope you don't. It's, it's a perfect hypothermia. metaphor. It's, it's perfect it metaphor. Literally leaving them right in the cold with nothing to do. I saw one of the best jokes was uh, Saturday Night Live did. They said the reason why the people had to be hospitalized for hyperthermia is because they believed Trump when he said that jackets don't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Did you guys not see, making um... fun of someone going into the hospital about hypothermia, but no. I'm making fun of Trump supporters belief that, you know, the president doesn't lie. Yeah. Before we go, let me just give everybody uh, some quick update on the numbers on where things are in the state of Florida uh, going into election day tomorrow. Uh, so far eight, Point seven million people have cast their ballot. Uh, that's about 62% of all registered voters in the state. Uh, Democrats have a about 100,000 vote lead. They have 3,410,000 uh, Democratic ballots have been cast. 3,315,000 Republican ballots have been cast. There's also uh, 1,850,000 uh, no party affiliation or independent uh, voters that have also cast a ballot. So, um, you know, we'll probably see another 2 million to maybe 2.5 million people cast a ballot tomorrow. Uh, and, and then we'll see where, where it rolls out. Um, you know, a little bit of concern coming from the, from the East coast. Uh, it doesn't look like Palm beach Broward or Miami Dade are, turning out at the levels that we we would like to see uh so far Come on, um, hopefully they will have a really hopefully they'll have a really really big uh, election day turnout there because we really need it um but uh you know all in all i think we're in a in, in a fairly good position for the state but we really need to see uh see the turnout uh really ramp up uh everywhere in uh in the state. So, uh, I think we'll go ahead and end it there. Amber, Linda, thank you guys for joining me one last time before this election, which is crazy, oh my God. but thank you guys. <laughs> I think I am going to say that if Miami Dade County, Broward County and Palm Beach County doesn't bring it, they're going to have a lot of explaining to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Explaining. Mucho explaining. And they're going to need to do it to me. I'm not fucking around here. Mm-hmm. To yeah. me. Yeah. Hey, you are from Tell there. Us. Exactly. You. I grew up there. Okay. Vivi ahí. 
cast my first so, vote, vote there at 18. Going down, mm. going down a few years. I'm going back a few years, actually. Just a couple. Back for, a few years. Who did you mean, cast that ballot for? Honestly, like I'm only going. <laughs> I'm only going back five no, years. No, she's not that old. Oh yeah, you might. I might Dukakis. be. No, 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 no. I no, might be. You weren't. You were Clinton. You didn't vote for Dukakis. I didn't vote for Dukakis. I'm not that old. I know. <laughs> one term. God. Oh my one god. One term. I'm not doing the mess. Yeah, okay. but I didn't say Lyndon Johnson. My first vote was actually Kennedy, but it was his second term. So you might have had Clinton first term, maybe. Dukakis is 88. I'm not that far off. It's like yeah, I, again, it's totally I didn't true. say Kennedy. Well, no. I mean, come on. I was. You're. You're. you're Jeff, we're just joking. You're really not that far <laughs> off. I mean, I turned 18. <laughs> In ninety one. Okay. So, so I was off by three. So years. that was that was Clinton one, right? Yeah. So Clinton one was ninety two. That was Clinton one. Absolutely. I did Clinton two was my first one in ninety six. My first was Carrie. Oh so that goes that goes that goes to baby. show okay. my age. So baby. So but baby. I missed I missed Gore by I missed Gore by two months. So yeah. it, you know, that was just a timing thing. And then um, and the sucks. hanging chads. Oh, we wow. needed you. <laughs> we did. We needed you. That yeah, it would have been. Oh. been one last. <laughs> Five hundred people, but six hundred people. Unbelievable. So that's our show. Thanks to Agent Thirteen for the theme song. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. One day left, people. Tomorrow is the day. Please do something. Volunteer. Make some phone calls. This is it. Uno mas. Tomorrow is it. Uno mas. Hope everyone is staying safe out there. Until next time, so long. <laughs>